0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the second week's episode of UWDogPound.com's new football podcast. My name is Rob, and I'll be your host again today, Uh, and joining me this week is Lucas from the blog. Hey everyone. Hi Lucas, thanks for joining Okay, so uh, today we'll get into a couple of topics. Uh, first, we'll do a quick view of the Rutgers game last Friday, give you some of our takes on that, um, and then we will get into a brief preview of the Montana game, going over what you guys can expect to see on the offensive and the defensive side of the football from Montana, as well as a few uh, cool headlines related to the game, and we'll wrap it all up with our predictions of what will occur during the game. Thanks again for returning to the podcast, and let's get into it. So, with the Rutgers game a few days behind us now, we're going to go ahead and give you our take on the game, Lucas. Uh, what was your take? Uh, what, did, what did you see coming out of this game for better or for worse?
1: Yeah, uh, I was a lot like a lot of Husky fans, a little disappointed in some ways. Um, again, you can only be so disappointed. We ended up winning by, you know, over two touchdowns uh, on the road, all the way across the country. In uh, New Jersey so you know wins a win 1-0 and you know it's a a power 5 conference you know victory and Rutgers happened to be the worst power 5 team in the country last year but it's still a power 5 conference win over a Rutgers team that was definitely much improved in terms of talent and a scheme on offense that fit their personnel more but I think my biggest you know takeaways were a couple I think first and foremost I was concerned and just a little disappointed that the offensive line um, struggled like they did uh, Husk's only had three and a half yards uh, rushing average at the end of the game, and uh, you know they really, especially the guards in particular, but nobody on the offensive line had a great game.
0: Yeah, uh, Trey Adams certainly had a couple of bad moments. Caleb McGarry was on his back more than a few times during the game. It wasn't. It was a poor effort by the by the O line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could definitely, I'm sure, single out every single one of them and find multiple, you know, unfortunate. Uh, you know pieces of tape that they probably would like to forget um but that was a little just you know disappointed because when you look at the team on paper it should be one of our biggest strengths um with almost everyone returning besides uh jake eldrenkamp um so just to see the line come out and um struggle like they did was a little disappointing I, I think it's something that um i don't think it's permanent i think these guys will improve they'll start to gel they'll get it going um, I think, but it was definitely a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, another disappointment on the offensive side of the ball was the wide receivers. Uh, it was a concern that we all had was the replacing John Ross, and I don't think anybody's concerns there have gone at, gone away after that game. I mean, Dante Pettis had, you know, a decent game, but even he, you know, his stats he had ended up with three catches for 85 yards, and one of those was a 52-yard catch in a single. Uh, play, so you'd like to see that spread out a little bit, but definitely after that, uh, you know, the highlights in the passing game after Pettis were Miles Gaskin and uh, Drew Sample and then even LaVon Coleman. I mean, Gaskin and Coleman both caught a touchdown. Gaskin's catch in the end zone was, you know, that was a great throw by Browning and it was a great catch by Gaskin, uh, but you would like to see, you know, guys like Chico McClatcher and Braden Lennius uh Andre Picelli, all those guys step up a little bit more than they did um, and their Huskers are going to need that going forward so hopefully one of those guys um, can get it going and uh, Browning can start to develop a little bit of trust with some of his uh, wide receivers as well.
0: Yeah absolutely Um, hopefully they'll be able to create a little more space uh, at least next week against Montana should be a good opportunity for them.
1: Yeah definitely uh, and then just really quickly here I mean uh, to hit on one of the positives, I think this is something that has been a common theme, but was definitely the uh, secondary play. It was another question coming in with replacing Kevin King, Budabaker, Buda Baker, and Sidney Jones. How those, um, some of those younger guys and maybe a little less experienced, like Jordan Miller, who has experience but hasn't really started too many games in his Husky career. And then obviously, retro freshman Byron Murphy, retro freshman Miles Bryant, um, some of those other guys, how they would step up. And. You know, they had a phenomenal game. Murphy led the way with two picks. Um, but Miles Bryant also had a really good game. He recovered um, after, you know, unfortunately giving up that touchdown to Grant. It was a By know, nice route. <laughs> and you, I think and sort of get you off Rob. but just in a month from now, I think that that's one that he definitely takes back to the house for a pick six. Uh, he was right there in coverage, which is exactly what you want to see from a young guy that he was in the right spot. He just didn't make the play and that's more of just you know once he's got some real uh starting time under his belt he'll make those types of plays
0: yeah absolutely he he did look good and uh just want to point out also um byron murphy i was uh went back and watched some game film um i ended up being impressed with the special teams play too including uh downing a couple of second quarter punts at the one so good all-around play and contribution from him
1: yeah absolutely he definitely deserves a shout out for his special teams play um, as well Whitford as well because those were his two best punts of the night were both you know pin wreckers at the one yard line and it was Murphy who um, did his part of the bargain on the coverage there both times um, to get to that ball so he definitely he showed up as a playmaker in multiple um, facets of the game for the Huskies on uh, Friday so that was definitely exciting I mean there was a lot of hype around Murphy and someone like me I was a little bit kind of You know, wringing my hands, a little worried that we were getting ahead of ourselves of all the, you know, off-season articles about him if he was, you know, going to have this big spotlight and struggle, and then it would be an overreaction. But it was just the opposite. He lived up to all the hype, and he had a great game, and I think he set the bar high for himself, and I think it's a bar that he's going to be able to meet and uh, keep raising as as his Husky career develops. It's pretty incredible that that was his first game of his college career.
0: Yeah, uh, far from a bad start. And uh, just adding one more thought, um, there's not much more that I can say that, that you and others haven't already added, but I just also wanted to simply point out, um, you know, we had a lot of questions going into last week around how good Rutgers actually was going to be. Um, you know, we, we assumed that they would be improved from last year, but I think it was very clear that this was a drastically different team and drastically more improved than last year. So tip of the yeah, cap absolutely. to Rutgers on uh, what they've been able to, uh, the, the turnaround that they were able to make in just a season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll have to see how the season plays out, obviously. I think at this course, point it's yeah. probably still stretched stretch to say that Rutgers will win a bowl game. They're in a pretty tough side at the Big Ten East there with Michigan and Penn State and, you know, even Maryland. If they knocked off Texas. It's going to be a tough slate for them.
0: Absolutely, yeah. But, it's a long way to uh, go.
1: definitely. Hats off to Chris Ash. It looks like on in year two, the it looks like they're on the right track. Um, I think Jerry Kill was a great hire. I think last night, or I'm sorry, last Friday, we saw uh, an offense that was more suited towards the guys that were there under the previous uh, under the previous coach Kyle Flood. And uh, you know, last year they tried to go to the spread, and this year with Kill's bringing them back to kind of a more pro style offense, which I think fits the guys that were there from the previous regime so I think that that was part of the reason why they were a little bit more successful in offense but I mean they just also upgraded Kyle Bowen isn't a bad quarterback Gus Edwards was an impressive running back um, they had some impressive guys out there so again I'm not expecting the Scarlet Knights to make a bowl game this year but I'm not expecting them to go two and ten and not beat you know power five team this year I think they might they might knock somebody off in the big ten and you know man, man might end up with four or five wins I wouldn't be surprised at all so definitely an improved records team and again I think when we can bring our hands and you know sweat over the fact that the Huskies got down you know seven to zero and ended up you know scoring the next 30 out of you know they outscored them then 30 to seven that's uh it shows you how far this program's come from just a couple years ago
0: yeah absolutely absolutely Okay, now turning the page on the Rutgers game, we're going to take a look at the Montana game coming up this Saturday at Husky Stadium. Season opener. So um, I would guess that despite the fact that it's an FCS team, Husky Stadium should be pretty well filled out. Most likely won't be a Sut or anything like that as it normally goes with these FCS games. But again, being the season opener, one would think that the Husky faithful would still show up in force. Three headlines going into this game. This is actually the first time these two programs have played since 1951. That was 66 years ago when Washington walked away with a pretty big victory. Bob Stitt, head coach of the University of Montana, is in his third year now and with a win last week is now 15-10 and in his career at the University of Montana. And finally, uh, Montana is 0-6 against FBS teams over the past 20 years, including a 17-12 loss to Wyoming in 2014, which was the last time they faced an FBS team. Taking a look specifically at Montana's offense, uh, first note is that Bob Stitt is an offensive-minded head coach who uh, calls his own plays. And he runs specifically in air raid offense. This is a same thing you would pretty much expect from the Cougs. Up tempo, spread attack, um, incorporating some trick plays, uh, and a lot of really creative, creative play calling that originates with Stit something notable is uh he incorporates really big splits between his players on his offense which really stretches out defenses and makes it hard to run an effective zone coverage against his offenses you know st- standard uh attack in this regard likes to opens things up lots of quick passes to the flats short medium range it is a fairly explosive offense though um if the huskies try and pull one or too many guys out of the box put into coverage that's when he hits you with zone run and Montana does have at least one pretty effective running back and a couple behind him who can do some damage, including a former Koog. If you want to know more about that, uh, just quick plug, I posted a quick offensive preview for Montana on the blog yesterday, so go ahead and check that out. But yeah, no, again, against this offensive scheme, our secondary should be kept pretty busy, although it could be pretty tricky for our pass rush to get home, given that a lot of this offensive system calls for these quick passes that are already referenced. So we'll see how this ends up playing out on Saturday. The second note I want to get into on this offense is actually a new quarterback that Montana is bringing out. This is fifth-year senior QB Reese Phillips. He was a transfer from Kentucky who was actually the backup in 2016 for Montana. He's 62, uh, he's a pocket passer. Not a ton of game film on this guy in that he really didn't get any playing time or very little to speak of for Kentucky and was just the backup last year with a few snaps under his belt. So, um, taking a look at last week's game, you know, he appears to be an effective passer. Uh, he's certainly an accurate guy, but he did throw a pick and had a fumble in last week's game. So, we'll really have to wait and see. Uh, what we get from this guy on Saturday, but at the very least, he appears to be an effective uh, distributor of the football to Montana's many active wide receivers. The third and final note I wanted to run past you guys regarding Montana's offense is their number one playmaker, Jerry Lewis McGee. This guy is affectionately known as Mr. Electricity by the Grizz faithful. He is absolutely their number one weapon. He's mainly a wide receiver and actually uh, led Montana in receptions and receiving yards last season. But they'll also just really try and get him the ball any way they can out of the backfield on special teams. see, uh, Just last week, for example, this guy had nine catches for 159 yards and two touchdowns. So expect to see a heavy dose of Jerry Lewis McGee on Saturday. Lucas, um, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick rundown of uh, what you expect to see from Montana's defense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you three quick hitters of um, some players to watch for the the Grizz on the defense side of the ball come Saturday. So first one up is uh, Josh Buss. He's a Junior linebacker, um, he had 20 tackles for loss last year, which is a pretty impressive statistic. He led the Big Sky in tackles for loss, which is uh, an impressive feat since it's one of the better FCS conferences in the whole country. Um, he was 10th in the FCS in tackles for loss, um, and the only ju- only uh, juniors and seniors um, were ahead of him on the list last year. Obviously, he was a sophomore, so it's a pretty impressive sophomore campaign for Bus at linebacker. So. He'll definitely anchor the linebacker core for the Grizz, which seems to be a strength to their defense. And then we'll jump right into the second Second player to watch is uh, senior defensive back Ryan McKinley. Uh, Last year, he had six uh, defended passes, four pass breakups, two picks, and 24 tackles. Uh, last season and defensive coordinator for montana jason seymour is confident enough in his senior db to declare him that he's to declare that he's going to be the best corner in the big sky without a doubt so that's pretty high praise from a coach from the defensive coordinator on their side and he's going to need to lead the way for the grizz he's the only senior defensive back on the roster and the only one of the only two upperclassmen in the entire secondary and secondary is a bit of a weak point for uh, montana on the defensive side of the ball so if they're going to have any success slowing the huskies down through the air it's going to be McKinley who does it and he has core aspirations and you know he's hoping to get to the nfl next year and jake browning will definitely offer him his toughest test of the season and then third headline here is he might not be one of the best you know standout players on the defensive side of the ball for montana but cool story here with uh, watch for defensive end Tucker Shea he's going to be the reason to watch Shea is he's going to be wearing uh, number 37 and the number 37 jersey is kind of like a, a passed down kind of a tradition in Montana football and it seems to embody uh, Montana's kind of blue collar work ethic that they you know take pride in in both the football program and the state and it's something that they look forward to, and it's a big deal when players named as the recipient of the number 37 jersey, and it's a pastime that was started in the mid-80s, so if you see number 37 on the field, you can expect them to definitely be working hard and be one of the toughest, you know, best motors for Montana on the defensive side of the ball.
0: That's awesome background. Very cool. Uh, thanks Thanks for including that. As as we actually move away from the offensive and defensive takes for this game, just a more general question, how do you, how do you see this game playing out on Saturday?
1: Yeah, you know it's tough. It's tough to predict these FCS games how they're going to go. You just really don't know where you're going to what to expect. Um, like last year with Portland State Vikings, really tried to slow the game down last season when the Huskies took them on in Husky Stadium. As uh, Chris Peterson actually alluded to that game um, in his Sunday press conference wrapping up the Rutgers game, as comparing it to what killed did for Rutgers um, last Friday with their offensive approach. So you can definitely expect Montana to do the exact opposite thing. They're going to run an up-tempo air raid spread offense. It's, If I'm not wrong, it's influenced at least in part by Mike Leach. Um, yeah, so, that's,
0: that's my understanding as well.
1: So if we can use the Apple Cup as any indication during Peterson's tenure, he enjoys going up against the air raid, it's handled the kooks pretty well, and so it does seem to play well into the Huskies' defense. It should be a you know a good test. For uh, the young secondary, they showed up well last week, and we'll hope that they can do it again. In terms of score, it's hard to know, to be honest. It's always hard. I think FCS games are almost the hardest for me to predict. Put me on the spot, I would say something like 42 to 10. I don't expect Montana to have very much success on the offensive side of the ball. I do expect the offensive line to get it going a little bit. I think if Husky fans are hoping to watch the Huskies come out and pound it on the ground and rush for 300 yards, might be a little disappointed if that's your approach just because it seems to be that the Huskies always start slow to start the year running the ball. But I do think the offense will be much improved. I think that we'll see some improvement from the wide receivers. And I do I do expect the Huskies to win pretty comfortably.
0: Yeah. I, again, I completely agree with you. It's it's always tough with these FCS games. You know, it's so easy to predict a blowout, and chances are, you know, you're going to get a pretty dominant victory here from the Huskies. But you don't want to completely discount the fact that these are some pretty good FCS teams, especially in the Big Sky Conference, um, as we've seen from Eastern Washington or Portland State in years past, and um, you know, Montana. Uh, While well, they've had a couple of down years for Montana recently, um, including an eight-win season, which is you know pretty good by any standards. They have been a perennial title contender in the past, so they're always able to get good talent in there. And just looking at the the size they have on the team, places like offensive line and such, you know they're they're not going to be pushovers. So I think I think your score prediction is probably about accurate, forty something to to maybe about ten, but um, I wouldn't expect much more out of Montana than you know one touchdown and maybe a field goal or two on top of that
1: do you have a specific score in mind or let's let's go a, even in the, in the...
0: No I'll I'll put it out there why not I'll I'll say 47-13 I'll be I'll be a little generous
1: <laughs> okay yeah that's 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 right in the range i could see it i mean yeah I, i'm not expecting it to be close i mean if it's if we're considering close like 10 to 3 in the first quarter or something maybe i could see that but it's just Again, it's hard to know. You know, it is a lot about approach for the Huskies. Depends on how they come out. Hopefully they'll be fired up um, to improve off of last week and to open the season at home. I do expect a bit of a faster start than we saw at Rutgers. Um, I know Chris Peterson uh, kind of downplayed it in his press conference Sunday in in terms of if travel had anything to do with the Huskies' slow start on last Friday night. Um, But I do think that traveling across the country is – just hard especially when you're going all the way to new jersey that's a lot to ask of guys all who are used to you know being all the way up here in the pacific northwest um, but i also expect you know peterson harped on you know that fact that he thought the huskies got off to a slow start on friday against the scarlet knights so i do think that it's going to be a point of emphasis uh this week by the coaches uh you know to kind of drill that into the guys heads About they got to a slow start and they're going to want to start fast. So I think that's going to—I wouldn't be surprised that's a theme this week during practice. And if the Huskies really come out motivated, focused, and come out, you know, hard and fast, and just kind of put this one to bed pretty early on.
0: Yeah, I think that would certainly be nice to see. Certainly be relieving for a lot of Husky fans out there and um yes, just course. you know one one other more obvious note on top of that um one of the benefits of these F- FCS games in the past has always been that especially in the second half it, it tends to give your your depth on the team a, a chance to gain some experience um your second and third string guys so it would be it would certainly be nice to see a lot of the younger guys be able to to be out there making an impact on this game in the second half
1: yeah, absolutely it would be great to see some young guys like you know we saw some struggles last week and it was definitely some veteran guys out there struggling at times. They were not immune to it. Um, but you know, a lot of the struggles happen to be just young guys. I mean, you can just think of the fact that Keith Taylor was right in position to pick Cal Bowen off and just kind of stumbled and got his feet caught up and you know, he's a true freshman, so he needs these reps. And so hopefully these guys come out and take it seriously and, and build up a lead and, and a big one at that. And the Huskies are able to play, you know, guys like Taylor, McKinney, some of the other younger names we've heard, Savon Ahmed, Hunter Bryant. Um, hopefully they can get them, you know, a solid 10 to 12 minutes, uh, if not more, of starting time, uh, come Saturday. That would be a huge benefit for the Huskies and uh, for Chris Peterson staff just moving forward.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So that's gonna do it for this week's episode on Dogpound.com's football podcast. On behalf of Lucas and I, we both want to thank you so much for listening. As always, go dogs.
1: Go dogs.